right. Hello, all you beautiful people out there. I am Jason Kupsik, and this is the Ectoplasm Show. I have had a couple of beers, but don't worry. That means it's just going to be a better show for you. Of course, I have Josh with me. Hey, what's so up? Here all the time. How's it going, buddy? What's up? What's up? I am excited about the show tonight because I have a guy on that I'm surprised that I haven't met yet up until this point because I know he's been active for quite a long time and I've been active for quite a while and he's not that far away from me. His name's David Glidden. He's the founder of Four State Paranormal. He's host on Paranormal Frequencies Radio. He has a YouTube show called Haunting History, which is great, by the way. I just finished up the season. And he's going to be a speaker at the Kansas City Paranormal Conference this year. How's it going, David? Oh, it's going great. Just a little little winded from uh, this past weekend's investigation, but uh, <laughs> I'll pull through. It's me and my best friend Mountain Dew over here. Hell yes. So, um, so are you excited about the conference? You know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, a friend of mine has met one of the people that's speaking at the conference, the... Uh, I can't think of his name. The the guy that's worked with NASA and everything. Oh, Antonio. Antonio yes. Paris. Antonio's yeah. great. I had him at my very first conference. He was the keynote speaker then, and he released a, a documentary at my conference. And he's always he's lives in Florida now. He's a great guy. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting him. I'd like to pick his brain a little bit. Um, you know, just because of his background and some of the experiences that he may have had, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a really cool kind of background to have in this field. Yeah. He was like, a, he, he worked in the DOD and the CIA and all kinds of other stuff. And now he's a teacher at a university and he got, he was in MUFON and got, he got excommunicated from MUFON and th- those guys are assholes anyways, most of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, John, my co-host on uh, Paranormal Frequencies, he's a former military, you know, and and he's told me some things that, you know, most people probably wouldn't believe unless you actually believe in the UFO things. Uh, He's claims to have actually seen one firsthand. Wow. Seen seen a UFO? Yeah, on base. Well, there's a lot of military people that, you know, I, I know a lot of military people that have claimed to see UFOs as well. And, and where they are usually, um, overseas or especially the Navy, it's yeah. it's no no surprise really that they see them. Yeah, he said he accidentally stumbled upon it. He was delivering something to a, a hangar and accidentally saw it and had to sign some papers. To, oh, so he oh, saw shit. it in a hangar? Yeah. Oh, that's a different story. That's, Whoops. That's, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, there's some there's some other stories he could tell you. He'll be at the uh, conference with me as well. So. Well, that'll be fun. Awesome. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your group and uh, how you got started? Well, like anybody, we, we got into it for fame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding there. Uh, started back in... Uh, in 2006 and honestly it it was more of a goof than anything at first we uh like growing up i had four older brothers and being the youngest i always got picked on and uh my brothers would always let me watch like horror movies and and things of that nature like when i was really young like three four years old i was watching like zombie movies and everything like that um so i i grew up with that my 
mom's side of the family, we always told ghost stories and uh, paranormal stories like about UFOs, ghosts, and whatnot. Um, when I was 16, one of my brothers had passed away in a car accident. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't really hit me until the funeral. And um, it didn't really get me thinking until, until that moment. But um, there was a, an occurrence that I had that really sparked my interest. I, uh, I was having a dream one night and I was dreaming it was uh, Christmas, Christmas morning. And I had his, uh, my niece and nephew, his son and daughter, we had them all over at the house and um, there was a knock at the door and I answered the door and my brother Lee is there at the door and, you know, it, it was so realistic and, you know, he was, we got, we had a little conversation and he was telling me that it was okay and, and everything and uh, when I woke up man I mean I was in tears it was so real wow and and uh, you know uh, about a year after that uh, Ghost Hunters appeared on TV yeah, oh yeah and and that's where I really started realizing well hey people actually get out and and look for this kind of thing and uh, I think a lot of us have that that same kind of point uh, at least I know Josh is almost the same but we were like Oh Very my God, there's so. people doing the stuff that yeah. we witnessed and had happened in our lives. Yeah, it's something that you've always wanted to do, but you know, you read the books in the libraries about ghost stories. and Yeah. It's something you always want to do, but you don't realize people actually do it. Um, but, you know, after the first season of Ghost Hunters was out, uh, a friend of mine and I, you know, we got together. Um, we, we were watching, I think it was the second or third season. And uh, we were like, well, you know, why don't we go out and try to see if we can have some kind of experience and stuff and uh we were talking to his fiance at the time and she's telling us about these cemeteries and we're like okay yeah let's go so like a couple of idiots you know we pack <laughs> in the car and we go out to the cemetery and um for the most part nothing was happening i mean we were just kind of creeping ourselves out looking at seeing the lights reflecting from the car headlights off the tombstones and and just the uh being in a cemetery at night sometimes is pretty creepy but um we were leaving and Mike, he's like a six foot four, 250 pound guy. He tells me to stop the car. He wants to take one last look in. And, um, I stopped the car and I, I start digging through the center console. And whenever I'm doing this, uh, Mike, his fiance and another girl that was with us, they all start screaming and, and like yelling at me to, to drive. I mean, Mike's, I've never seen Mike panic like this. He's like, David, drive, 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 go, go. Wow. So, so they freaked out, which freaked me out. So <laughs> sped off out of the out of the cemetery, and we're on the way back. And I asked them what they saw, and uh, what they described to me was like a, a basketball size uh, illuminated. I hate the term orb, but sure, for, sure. Lack of, for for lack of reference, we'll just go with orb. But it was illuminated and had like a mist around it, but it was coming towards the car, and that's what freaked them out. And uh, on the way back, Mike and I were like, "Yeah, let's let's just go back tomorrow night." And of course, the girls <laughs> didn't want to go, so we, Mike and I, we went back the next night. And I actually got to see it with my own eyes. Um, I, we were you in the saw- middle of the cemetery, and off to my left, yeah, off to my left, about twenty feet, there was a uh, a yellow ball of light just kind of dancing around for about ten, fifteen seconds, and then it collapsed on itself and showed up about 20 yards in front of us and started dancing around. And, uh, you know, wow. we we returned to that place a couple other times and had some different experiences out there. I even got 
Mike scratched out there, so he doesn't <laughs> let me do anything like that anymore. Um, well, those those two nights in a row that they yeah. had the same activity, then that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. And from that moment, you know, I was like, well, what was this? What did I witness? And we started looking online about different paranormal activity, and and then we uh, we actually met a guy online named Gene Keys who had this photo uh, it, down here in Neosho, Missouri. <clears throat> There's a park called Morse Park. And at the park, they have one of those helicopters that's mounted on a giant pole. And uh, it's rumored to be haunted, and Gene had taken a picture of this helicopter. And in the picture, it appeared to be like a person sitting in the cockpit. Oh, and uh, I contacted him about the picture, met up with them, and started talking about the paranormal and and uh, he took us to a house in Neosho, and uh, we went in the basement, did an EVP session and everything like that. And uh, we had some some audio that picked up, and uh, you know, about a week later, Mike and I decided, well, let's start up a group, and let's really get serious about looking into this stuff. And uh, so we did. We started a group called Paranormal Investigators of Southwest Missouri, and uh, we ran with that uh with with Gene, Mike, myself, and there were some investigators that came and went, but uh, you know we ran with that till about 2010. Uh, Gene, during one of our we we used to do these events at the Brown Mansion in Coffee, I've been Kansas, there, and uh, like it's it's an awesome place. It's one of my most favorite places ever. Um, during one of our events, uh, Gene had something happen to him in front of like seven girls that were sitting in, in the same room where something went through him, knocked him down and he, he literally hit the floor broke a hundred year old chair that was there and if the chair wasn't where it was at he was going out the second floor window Shit. Uh, I heard that story from the person that worked there somebody that was there Oh, whoa. Uh, the uh, president of the historical society Chris uh, Crane I think she was there but she wasn't on the historical society at that point um, but yeah, that happened. I've got a video somewhere floating around YouTube from way back when, uh, of kind of like the aftermath, but there's, there's a lot of things happening that led up to that, that made like that night the most active night I've ever, ever had. Um, but that incident, uh, caused Gene to question, <laughs> question himself investigating and, uh, he, he dropped out of investigating and. Uh, I mean, I still talk to him. He's a good friend, but he doesn't investigate anymore. Mike <laughs> ended up uh, starting a family and wanted to focus on that, so he stopped investigating. And I was kind of like, "Well, shit, what am I going to do now?" You yeah. know. And I was going to quit. I was going to stop because my uh, cornerstones have left. But uh, one of our guys in training, he uh, he got to talking with me, and I decided, "Okay, I'm going to keep going." but I don't want to continue under this name without these guys. So we changed the name to four state paranormal and, uh, just kind of rebuilt the team and, uh, just been investigating ever since. So we're going on 10 years, 10 years now. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a, you know, it's a testament to your will of wanting to do this. Yeah. I've been through a lot of the similar, similar stuff in the sense that well, most groups do. There's a lot of groups. They don't yeah. last six months. Exactly. No. And, it's it's one person or a, a couple of people that just keep it going because their passion is going because I don't know any group out there that hasn't gone through crap, hasn't gone through shit that should have ended their 
paranormal career or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I myself have, I, I always warn people that try to get into the paranormal that it's not for everybody, that there are bad things that will happen in your life. And sometimes I attribute it to the paranormal. Um, I myself went through a trial where I was actually homeless for six months. I lived in a tent and uh, I, I still kept investigating just because I loved it so much. And um, now I'm in, a, after I've gotten through that trial and everything, you know, I'm, I'm in a way better place and, and, you know, I'm having more success in the field now than I've ever had. And, uh, you know, I think if you can, if you can stand the fire, you know, you'll come out all right. Yeah. But, but there is, you know, that factor that leads people to breaking up and just quitting, you know, whether it be health issues, money issues, uh, you know, you name it, it'll happen. And like you said, teams come and go all the time. That was it. That was the end of my rant. Sorry. No, I, I think, I, I think I cut out there for a second. So when did the uh, radio show start? Yeah, I, I saw that you had you have a degree in, in radio, right? I've got a background in radio communications. Um, I did that. Actually, I started doing that two years into investigating. Um, the radio show, we actually started a couple of years ago. It was uh, Jeremy Boyd and myself. Jeremy was one of our investigators at the time, and uh, we started doing the radio show. But uh, some things were happening with, with Jeremy where... Uh, things were getting done and I was kind of carrying the brunt of the load and um, I told him that he he needed to quit <laughs> basically <laughs> you know I mean I, I, at this at this point in the game you know you can yeah. only put up with so much shit yeah so so you know I, I'm not gonna you know be handcuffed by somebody you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna it's, let not, it's not worth the uh... You know, I've had to let people go that were great friends of mine. It's not worth the, uh, I guess I don't know what the word is. It's it's just better to move on. Yeah, yeah you don't want to, like, leave a lot of animosity. You know, yeah. you, you don't want to have these guys hanging around and, and bringing everybody down. You know, it's best to cut it off early and, and remain friends with them. Um, I've actually got a rule about something like that, that that applies to my team where we don't let couples on the team because if you end up <laughs> letting one of them go yeah i'm right there with yeah you. <laughs> you let one of them go the other one's gonna get all asked oh yeah some you know Either that or yeah they're paying more attention to themselves <laughs> than they are what they're doing they're they off in some bathroom making out sometimes. some shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I, I keep that away from the yeah out of the whole team and that's probably uh, smart it, I think it's for the best thing. Yeah, that could bring yeah. the team down quick. Wow. But the uh, the radio show, yeah, um, after a while, you know, I let Jeremy go and uh, had John come along, uh, come onto the show. And, you know, he, he at first he was a little apprehensive, you know, being on radio. Um, but he's he's really enjoying it now, and he's got a lot better at, at speaking on there. And, uh, you know, it's it's just been really fun. He's gotten a lot more relaxed on that's freaking awesome. Now, where can we, people where can people find find your uh, your show? The uh, podcast is on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the number four state paranormal. Um, How do you like blog talk, by the way? You know, we're actually getting ready to uh, try a different venue, but I'll, I'm, <laughs> I'm 
You're like, we're I'm about to jump about- ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm about um, to uh, go on with the uh, paranormal king, but uh, we're gonna do oh, a cool. trial. We're gonna do a trial run this this next weekend, and if I like it, I might stick with it. But if not, I'll probably go back to blog talk. Very We've cool. just had some issues lately, and I, you know, you you pay for this stuff, and if it doesn't go right or go the way you you expect it, you don't want right. to keep paying for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so kind it's of the on Sundays. Of too. It's on Sundays at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Just before The Walking Dead. Nice. And uh, <laughs> we, we cover a, a range of topics from, you know, uh, from the paranormal to like, uh, you know, we did a uh, one of my favorite ones we did was the story on uh, crap. Now I can't even think about it. Lizzie Borden. There was a journalist that uh received the diary or transcript from the court case itself from the prosecuting attorney. The prosecuting attorney saved it and passed it down through the family and gave it to this journalist. And he released six uh, articles uh, with the information from the uh, transcripts and and (laughs) some of the uh, transcripts themselves. And uh, we went through uh, three of the articles on one show and then the other three on another show and uh, found out some information that didn't know at the time and which was really cool and uh, yeah, know, that's just, badass. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, some historical stuff. I lo- love. I'm a big history buff, and I, I love anything historical, like the Salem witch trials. You know, they found the uh, the actual place where they had the hangings at uh, yes. recently. Yes. Uh, you know, stuff on the Salem witch trials. Even in Europe, they actually had their version of the Salem witch trials, but it was a werewolf trials. Oh wow! Um, and there's some brutality in that one. I'm telling you. Um, but we also do st- talk about stuff like exorcisms. Uh, we even had a topic on ghost sex. <laughs> I did that uh, we, just for Valentine's yeah, Day yeah, on my radio show here in town. <laughs> wow, Spectrophilia. Yes. Yeah, baby. Is that ectoplasm? Uh, no, that was... Uh, well, maybe. Nah, yeah. Jason's just really happy. <laughs> really but, excited. But, you know, we, we get into goofy conversations and and stuff like that. We have a lot of fun with it. And we do a, a a top 10 list of haunted places. Right now we're doing countries. And I'll tell you what, man, some of these countries need to start naming their stuff a lot easier because we <laughs> yeah. mispronounce everything. Uh, I, I know how that like, is. Our, on our new like show, we get stories <laughs> out of Japan and China yeah. and, and everywhere else. And I don't know how to pronounce half the name of, names of the places. Yeah, we What's just even, fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's even better is when it, when you copy and paste these stories, yeah. so you save them. But you're not the one that typed them up, and they're coming from a foreign language, and they yeah. they just make no sense on some of their sentences. Oh, you sound like a retard on the radio, and you're like, "Oh, it's not me, I swear." <laughs> so, but uh, where where can they find like where website can they go to to find your show live? So the best thing that they could do, uh, since we're going to be doing the trial on uh, Paranormal King, is to just go to uh, fourstateparanormal.net, all spelled out, but put forward slash para radio. And uh, we put links up for the live shows on uh, for our podcast on that uh, website. And we try to keep it up to date with uh, what's coming up for uh, future shows. Uh, we put links on for uh, some of the guests we've had. Um, we also do a thing called the Paranormal Spotlight, where we kind of give a shout out to some of the paranormal teams that are 
doing good stuff in their communities, you know, doing uh, fundraisers or, or uh, cleaning up. Like we had one paranormal group that was uh, cleaning up part of a highway. You know, they, they uh, adopted a highway and they got their own sign out on the highway, but they were cleaning up uh, a good portion of that. Sorry about that noise. That was a drumstick. Drum <laughs> it was a commemorative Royals bat that I play ah. with sometimes when I'm sitting here. David, we were close. We were close. <laughs> I heard a drumstick. I so swear it was a drumstick. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so no, I, I'm actually coming on that show here in a couple months to talk about the conference. I'm excited to get on there. Yes, sir. yeah. And I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I've been telling everybody about the uh, conference coming up, the, uh, the Mid-Continent con- uh, Conference in August. Um, you know, every, any chance I get to, I, I try to do a, uh, a little plug here and there on the radio show. So, Yeah, it's going to be bigger than ever this year. Literally, I, I started, this will be the fifth year. I started it on my own four, five years ago and mm-hmm. uh, called it the Mid-Continent Paranormal Conference. And then that year I had a man named Hector Lugo from 10th Dimension at the conference and he decided he wanted to be partners in it with me. So the second year, I um, we did it together, and it was bigger than the first year. The third year, I was in a phase of my life in the paranormal, and I'm sure a lot of people out there understand this. I was almost done with the paranormal, almost yeah. done, almost there, yep. and I hadn't investigated for a while. And so I just took the that year off. It didn't have anything to do with the conference. Yep. Last year, I came back. I didn't have anything to do with the conference, but I went to it. And everybody there was like, you need to come back in. You need to come back into the conference and run it again. And it's now called the Kansas City Paranormal Conference. This is our fifth year, and we have... Uh, we, we have to turn down speakers. We have yeah. so many people coming in and wanting to speak at the conference. We have some great sponsors and... You know, it's projected to be huge this year, so it's going to be so much. But I have fun. to say, one of the people you you should look into maybe for next year or something. Uh, one of my favorite speakers I've I've met is uh, Mary Marshall. She's uh, out of Illinois. She actually teaches paranormal courses at three colleges. Holy hell! Wow. Yeah, and she doesn't just you know do the whole paranormal one hundred and one. It's yeah. uh, more about theology. And uh, she gets into quantum physics, which uh, I'm going to kind of do that a little bit at the uh, conference. But uh, she's, yeah, she's really cool, and uh, I always give her give her a shout out because she she's a like minded individual. Well, next year we will be opening it up to three days, just because we already for this year, even though it's th- four five months away, we have enough speakers possibly to fill three days. Yeah, damn. And I haven't even announced the big speaker that we haven't confirmed yet. Right. I know that's a bit of a tease. <laughs> we haven't confirmed. He is either of them or both of them or both would of them. be the biggest people, the biggest names in the paranormal probably that can I can I, think of. Can I take a stab at who it is? You can, but I won't answer. He could neither confirm okay. nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just hold off then. <laughs> but uh, okay, so rounding it back to you because that's why we're doing this episode. I heard you mention how much you love history, and I just finished. Yes. I would just yeah. watch the last, the sixth episode of the first season of Haunting History, and I, you know, I really like your show. I think if I did a show of my own, I would format it a lot of the same way that you do. Well, thank you. Um, 
yeah, the show, we, uh, the idea behind the show was, you know, we go to all these places to investigate, you know, and a lot of these places, they're really kind of in our backyards. Nobody really hears about them. Um, as, as just like small paranormal teams, this isn't like, you know, big production, but, um, you know, we, we go to these places to investigate and a lot of these places, they're museums or, uh, or they're privately owned or they're, they're self-funded places. They're not, you know, given any kind of, uh, any kind of funding from the government or anything. So, you know, people going to these places really helps them stay open. So what we wanted to do with our show, one of the goals we had was to showcase some of these places that, uh, people don't know about or people really miss out on because they don't know it's there. And we wanted to show some of the history and try to get some of these people encouraged to get out and explore and explore their towns, uh, just local history, you know, just, uh, there's so much out there. And if we don't go and, uh, check out some of these places, like the, like the museums that are self-funded, if we don't, if we don't go to these places, eventually they'll close down and, and they'll be lost forever for future generations. And, uh, and I, I just don't want to see that happen to some of these places. That's good stuff though. That's yeah, very good stuff. Um, I, I, you know, I loved all the places that you've gone to. Even the residence you tied in was actually had a history from a business in there. Yeah, the way he built that house was uh, pretty interesting. It, you know, it was a truck stop at one point, and then uh, uh, the bottom half of it was wide open because they would pull the trucks in there and work on them. But and he was living in the top part, and then he closed it all in. But uh, yeah, the uh, the history of that place. There's more to it about that property but uh that didn't make the show um there was well, a- i i wanted to ask you about that i know that you said at the end of the episode that they had not reported any activity since you had been there i don't know how long ago it was that you were there but is there an update to that episode have they had anything else happen no he he really hasn't had anything happen uh in fact i mean i, I still talk to him on facebook all the time he's just had a baby and you know he's getting married, and you know they're they're doing all right. Uh, uh, like I like I said on the episode, a lot of what I think was going on was a lot of psychological uh, issues. You know he was having a lot of trouble. He at the time that we filmed that, he was uh, a couple months removed from uh, getting a divorce from his wife. His wife cheated on him, and uh, then he also had a near death experience where uh, something a propane tank or something had blown up and cut his leg pretty bad where uh, he lost a lot of blood and came close to dying at one point. So, you know, I think there's a lot of psychological issues. Oh, not not necessarily issues, but a lot lot of things that tied in psychologically to what he was experiencing. And I thought maybe, you know, if he took the time to try to confront what he believed was there, maybe he would get some kind of closure to some of the, to how he was feeling towards all these different emotions of things that was going on in his life. You know, if he, if he stood up to it, he might feel a lot better about it. And it seemed to work, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've always been one where I tell people that if you are strong and you show strength, no matter what it might be, it, it'll seem it won't be as bad as it seems before. And that's exactly what happened in that episode. As soon as he stood up, whether it was him or the little girl that was there, 
he stood up for himself, which made himself feel better, which took over the, he was the alpha dog of the house now. Yeah, it was a sense of empowerment. And you can see that in his, uh, in just the way he appeared on the show, you know, you could see it in his kind of behavior. You know, at first when we got there, he was kind of timid and, and everything. But uh, whenever he finally, I got him out of that bed to stand up and, and really say it, you know, he, he he definitely felt a lot of relief, it looked like. So we're really glad to, that we could help him. Yeah, it's, that's great. I mean, that's that's probably the best out of everything. I Like, I always tell people, I do this because it's fun. But it's still, that is the best feeling of actually helping somebody. It really is. I mean, we've gone to other cases. Like, we, we still do residentials, like, whenever we're filming. Um, we did one towards the end of the filming of the first season. We did another investigation where uh, a lady was having a bunch of paranormal experiences in her house and she called us in. We we came in, did our initial investigation where we came in for an hour and checked out stuff like we did an EMF sweep and uh, we checked like uh, see if they had propane lines if they had uh, or gas lines and if they had gas lines, was there any kind of leaks or things like that, you know, finding the natural, uh, natural things that could uh, uh, occur to have them have the experiences. But uh, we we also talked to him, did an interview with him, and she recently had like three family members die on her side of the family, and also her husband had three family members die on his side of the family, and this all happened within you know just a couple of months, and uh, you know we found a lot of high EMF in the home, uh, stuff that was happening like uh, TV turning on by itself, you know sometimes some of the older TVs will turn turn on if you're using a walkie-talkie, uh, you know, radio signals can actually influence other devices. So, uh, you know, we informed her about, about a lot of this stuff and, uh, you know, we still came in and did the uh, full blown investigation. And, uh, we even, I even did some experimentation with her about some of the occurrences or experiences she had. And, uh, with everything, with all the power shut off, uh, we ran what's, known as a uh, ion generator we call it the ion cannon because john our tech manager he actually built this thing up i mean it it puts out so many uh charged ions into the atmosphere that's pretty impressive but we ran this in, in her bedroom where she she felt like she was being held down at one point so we and felt really uncomfortable in her bed and we kept we found ems bikes uh by her bed on both sides of the bed but we shut off the power in there and ran the ion generator for an hour in there and had her go lay in bed while we did an EVP session. And uh, for that hour, she was feeling really uncomfortable. So I took the uh, generator out and we let the uh, air kind of cleanse itself. We opened the windows, let it get out. And then we put her back in there for, for another hour and she felt fine. So it my conclusion on that was, you know, she may have been hypersensitive to the EMF fields. You know, there's there's a lot of teams out there that would just jump on board with, yeah, there's a ghost here. But yeah, you know, yeah. There, well, yeah. one thing I was going to mention that I noticed, and I noticed throughout the, your your first season, and especially when you were talking to one of uh, whatever whichever episode it was, 
she was a, a new team member and you were explaining to her how this a piece of equipment worked and what it read most yeah. a lot of team not most i don't want to say most but a lot of teams out there and a lot of people out there that do this have no idea exactly how their exactly. equipment works or what it even does hey, bingo yeah that's the that's the first thing i tell people is if you're going to do this get to know your equipment yeah you know uh well you did a video thing. on that too didn't you i did yeah uh, i'm like i know i watched that one <laughs> yeah, the uh, paranormal tips video. Yes, uh, I just thought it'd be no. It's you know, awesome. Yeah, I think um, it would be even more awesome if more fucking people would watch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and no doubt, can learn their shit. So uh, I hate the orb thing. So I always yeah. I will always make fun of orbs. <laughs> um, okay, so he's my partner in the conference, but yeah. Hector and his group are totally invested in orbs. Yes. Um, oh which uh, annoys me. They are actually. I hope he's not listening. I know he's not listening, but uh, <laughs> nobody he listens. Completely <laughs> relies on his psychics in his group, which you know I've met some good. I actually got my first psychic reading on yes. the show not too long ago. I yes. know a few people that are have abilities, but this his team and a lot of teams as well focus too much of their energy on a psychic and have nothing to back up what they say. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's um. You know, I, I've had people that claim they were mediums or psychics, and uh, you know, I, I've taken them on investigations with me. One of them, one of them helped uh, help me make up my mind about psychics and, and having them involved in the field when we yeah. we investigated a place in Carl Junction, Missouri, and she was with us, and for the for the most part, nothing was happening. We hear we're on a break, and we hear a loud bang coming from upstairs this house has two floors that are open but both floors are have a living room and kitchen which is weird but uh we went upstairs tried to find out what the sound was we decided okay let's try to do an evp session well barry started feeling sick and uh he went out to the uh, balcony with john and another investigator steven and uh the psychic lady wasn't saying anything um, she was just sitting there on the couch. So Barry starts getting sick and nearly passes out on the uh, balcony and almost goes over the rails. But John pulled him back over with, by a shirt and uh, they brought him back inside and sat him down. Well, after a while, Barry just stayed quiet and we started watching him. And, and I kid you not, his behavior literally reminded us of like an autistic kid. You know, we'd ask and Barry, are you okay? And he'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm fine. And just stare off into nothing. Wow. And uh, even even the pitch of his voice had changed. It was a little bit higher. And still this psychic lady said nothing. Well, people started getting concerned about Barry. And uh, we we removed him from the house. We, we went out to the front yard quite a ways and sat down on a bench. And I'm sitting there talking to Barry. And as he's talking to me, I can hear his pitch his tone of his voice coming back down Barry's got a deep voice um, but we were talking to him and for 15 minutes of time there he doesn't remember anything oh shit uh, the, the most intriguing thing about this is based off of the is basically based off the way he was acting we, we straight up thought he was like an autistic kid well in the house there was a woman who had a 12 year old autistic son and she drowned him in the bathtub and killed her son Wow. Health. And um, 
and uh, like I said, Barry literally lost 15 minutes there and we caught it all on video. And, um, but again, the psychic lady didn't say a word about anything. And, uh, so we, we never had her back. And, um, I will say though, that there was, I did a psychic, I got a psychic reading in October and this lady from Springfield, she was like, she was pretty into some of the stuff I had, I had makeup, Halloween makeup on, uh, <laughs> prosthetics and everything. So she couldn't read my face and yeah. she was nailing stuff and, and hitting on things that I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, she, that was, uh, that's kind of like the one that I had. It was just the way we are doing this interview now. Yeah. And they were in, uh, off the top of my head, they're, they're in Minnesota or something like that. Somewhere yeah. up north yeah. up there, not here. And they hit on a lot of things that in my personal life that was going on. Yeah, they really did, man. It's pretty crazy. Now, David, let me ask you a question here, pal. Let me see what you have to say about this. Um, as far as as far as the paranormal field is concerned right now and as far as like evidence goes do you think that we are ever going to have definitive proof that paranormal like happenings are are 100% legit no see i would totally agree with you because i would totally agree here's with you. the thing here's the thing at this point right now you could have the best EVP in the world. Yes. You could have the best video in the world. You could have the best photo in the world. Yeah. But still, somebody somewhere will still be a skeptic about it. Exactly. Because they were not there to experience it. Bingo. That's exactly what I tell everybody. I'm like, it's a fucking location joke. Like, when now, you, you walk up on somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a funny joke, but you just had to be there. It's the same yeah. thing. <laughs> it's the exact same thing with the paranormal. If you're not there experiencing it for yourself, then you, you have no idea. Unless you can make a ghost appear at will, then it's never going to be uh, I, proof. There's never gonna, Nobody's going to win that million dollars exactly. that's out there. So. Exactly. Yeah, and we had that exact same conversation with uh, our buddy Mike Diamond from uh, Paranormal Warehouse. Um, and it was like, you know, there's as far as science goes, if you want to get down to it, you know the scientific method in general is completely invalid in this field of study yeah. because you cannot duplicate, you cannot replicate a paranormal happening. That that's absolutely true. And you know, on my, uh, on our website, our four state paranormal website, uh, I put that we are a science and logic based. Exactly. Team because a lot of what we do, a lot of what, what most teams do isn't really scientific. Right, because they are not absolutely controlling the environment for testing. I believe I've had a rant about this. I, I, from time <laughs> to time, I have rants on this show that I just go off on different things. My ro- most recent one was the X Files, but I have ranted He's a about, about the. Uh, about <laughs> when I started the group, when I started my group, I called myself a scientific group because there was yes. that, or you were a psychic group, exactly. And yeah. I do believe that there's still science in it. But I don't, I don't call myself a scientific group anymore, or myself a scientist. I never called myself a scientist. Don't get that. No. But um, I don't call what I find evidence. I, I just go out there and I tell my clients, this is what I found, and I don't have an explanation for it. Right. You know, 
Now, whenever I say science and logic, I, I spoke at the uh, Ozarks Phenomicon last year, and uh, this is something I, I really pushed towards people to open their minds and change the way they, they view the paranormal. And uh, this is kind of what I'm going to be speaking about at the conference. Uh, I'm not going to go into full detail, but uh, just, just a little sliver is, uh, you know, I say science and logic for this reason. If a door shuts on its own, logic is going to tell me that a wind pushed it shut or the door is uneven. Exactly. I don't need science to tell me that because it's, right. it should be logic. It should be common knowledge. Um, now, where we put the science in the team is we actually run experiments. Exactly. You know, we've, we've got devices that we build to experiment with. And you, when you run a science experiment, you try to evaluate the data as it's coming. You try to find commonalities, you try to find the differences, and you find what works, you find what don't work or doesn't work. So if you're not out there, you know, trying to better the field by experimentation, then you're just being a copycat paranormal team. See, and I think and- that's it, man. I think too many people out there are afraid that a place might not be haunted. Now what the yeah. fuck is wrong with that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, a lot of people go out there to, to try to get that thrill. They want yes. to find that awesome evidence or exactly. piece of video. They want the chair to go flying across the room, but that's right. just not going to happen. Well, yeah, the, the, there's those groups out there that they're just in the thrill, and then there's groups out there. They're not even groups. There's people out there that they get caught in a place yeah. and burn it down and call themselves ghost hunters, and then well, we the, get looked in a bad light. But yeah, the newspapers call them cooking meth. Yeah, yeah. See, the newspapers um, though—they're the ones that are calling them ghost hunters. Yeah, and I know that. But, yeah. uh, but what I was going to say was, um, I, or the I. There's times that I will go off about uh, certain things about um, spirit boxes and. Yeah. And, um, you know, all these different apps. And that goes to, to know what you're working with. What I mentioned earlier yeah. about what I liked about your, your show was you, you or you in general, you seem to know what you're working with. Right. Um, there's, and you don't seem to rely heavily on one piece of equipment. There are people out there that only use a certain one piece of equipment. Yeah. You need to test that stuff out. Yeah. I'm completely in agreement with you on all that you've said. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to find the, the legitimacy in, in some of the equipment because some of the people that are out there building this equipment and selling it, yeah. they're not they're not there to make it legitimate. They're there to make a buck. Exactly. So, and they make lots of so bucks. Think, yeah, they do. That is Bill for sure. Bill Chappell is probably a millionaire <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, you know, the biggest tool or the best tool you can have, honestly, is your mind. You can go into an investigation with no cameras, no recorders, and still have an experience. Sure. You know? Um, it's just going to be up to your, your own judgment on whether or not you think it's actually paranormal. Yeah. Well, and that's what I tell new groups. It, it, in the sense of um, it's you. It's not what, you know, it's it's a little different because you are putting a show out there for people to look at. But especially, especially for new groups... You need to worry about yourself yeah. and what you do, yeah. not what somebody viewing your stuff is thinking about it. Too many yeah. groups get hung up on that. Yeah, well, you said you watched all the first season, and honestly, you if if you watched it all, I mean, there's episodes we didn't catch shit. 
Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to mention that. I was actually but I was that's... trying to get to a point to throw it back to the show in that I respected that in, exactly you know, like the crescent that you didn't have any findings or quote unquote evidence to show, but you talked about the experience you had and the possibility why you didn't come away with anything. Yeah, the uh, Crescent Hotel video, um, we actually did not capture anything, and you know I'm not afraid to put it out there. Yeah, we didn't get anything. Right. But, you know, it's that honesty is, uh, that keeps, I don't know, you know, Ghost Hunters, when it first came out, had a respectability to it. Yes. When it first came out. Yes. Because they were doing home investigations, but they were also coming away uh, with nothing. And, and they were more pissing people off, it. too. Yes. They were yeah, absolutely pissing people off. But it's more respectable it's, that way. Yeah, it's a, it's a testament on how a, uh, an investigation actually goes. But then they started catching stuff every on every episode. Then I was like, you know what? That's a little too <laughs> yeah. much. Um, so, but, uh, uh, but one more. I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, but from what I hear, they film like 20-something episodes for each season and only take the best ones. So. Yeah. Well, that's the story. I mean, I, I, I have like the first six or seven seasons of Ghost Hunters on DVD. I haven't yeah. watched any of those shows in a long time. But I always tell everybody this stuff at least when I was watching, that the ghost hunters call evidence now, they would have oh. completely thrown away at the beginning of their series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, even ghost adventures, you know, half that half that crap's garble. You can't understand it. Yeah. And I was actually going to do a uh, paranormal tips about the uh, EVPs, and, you know, <laughs> I, I'd like to encourage people to leave it in their natural state. That's what makes it an EVP. You start yeah. speeding it up, slowing it down, throwing filters on it, you're changing the actual... Exactly audio file so you know i'm going to give you a little a little more credit here in that that come get me evp in constantine theater was amazing it was it was absolutely amazing going over we didn't hear it at the time and going over the video while i was editing i about crapped my pants (laughs) i heard that i jumped up i had to go run and call people i'm like dude you'll never guess what we just caught you know playing it over the phone and yeah it was it was pretty exciting and you know i tell people (laughs) I, I, I'm usually really calm at investigations, but we, we'd gone on a dry spell before the Constantine theater one and, uh, where, where like nothing was happening. And as I was filming and we started, I started hearing the woman singing, <laughs> nobody was acknowledging this. And I'm like, come on guys. Can you, yeah, guys you, you, got, <laughs> you got pretty excited in any episode. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, also, this is going to be kind of funny. The, this next season that we've got coming up. Um, we actually the first episodes from the Jackson County Jail, and uh, we we had something. I had something happen, literally just two feet in front of my face that uh, got me so excited. I sound really stupid and goofy, <laughs> but I, but I was excited, um, and I, I can't wait till people see it. Oh, so it was like you were a young investigator, yeah. <laughs> uh, greenhorn out there again. It, it felt good felt good to get uh, get excited about it now when <laughs> will do, that uh, when will that be available well in uh, May on May 13th which is a uh, Friday the 13th nice we are having we are having a premiere at the route 66 theater in Web City sweet uh, that premiere is not going to be the premiere of the first episode it's actually we actually filmed an episode at the route 66 theater Um this is a place we've investigated before. I've been pushed at this theater 
Um, and it was on video. It's if you go onto our four state paranormal uh, Facebook page, you can actually find find the video in our videos. But I'm standing backstage, and something pushes my left shoulder hard enough where you actually see my shoulder move. Um, caught me off guard. But we went back <laughs> a couple times, and we've gotten a few EVPs, and we've gotten so we actually were running a new test, a new experimental piece uh, at the time, and picked up an EVP that was pretty cool. But um, this time around, we we went back, and uh, the premiere is going to be from the Route 66 Theater. So people watching the show are going to see what we captured right where they're sitting. That's so freaking sweet. So and yeah, I, I uh, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I did. I saw the uh, the episode where the the guy at the truck stop you you build that as a Route 66 episode, and I saw the Route 66 premiere you're doing. Now, have you, I, I have to ask, because I've been down to Baxter Springs, and I looked for the Joplin Spoo-like, and I met a man named Crazy Legs. Have you met Crazy Legs? <laughs> there was a guy I used to know in uh, Rogers, Arkansas, that's named uh, Crazy Legs. He was paralyzed, though. Oh, uh, it's not the same guy. We, okay, so I've told Josh about this guy. We need to all get together. Yeah, I actually think I still have his business card somewhere. <laughs> he he claims to be the... Uh, um. The inspiration for Mater on cars. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he's from that area. And for a case of beer, he will take you to show you the jobs and spook likes. And he's he's like one of those little small town, like racist bastards. But he was hilarious. <laughs> so we should all go out and find him. We need well, find I can tell you right legs. now where the spook lights at. And I can also tell you that it's no longer a uh, good idea to go out there. Really? The, uh, yeah, they've, they've actually upped the police patrol out there and because everybody that lives out there was getting tired of people parking it, it in doesn't their yards parking in their driveways yeah it, wow. that doesn't surprise me because i was out there on the road that, that was supposed to be it and there was a bunch of other people out there and now josh has a great clip of me talking <laughs> about the stoner i'm actually there and my um <laughs> My impersonation of him. Because <laughs> Sherwin Williams don't have shit on this. It was the funniest that fucking thing. It. That was the quote from the stoner <laughs> that was out there in the middle of the road. Yeah, the uh, the roads all. Another reason they they up the uh, patrol. People have been uh, setting fires in the road. People oh, have been spray geez. painting the road, and it's it's gotten really bad out there. So they've they've kind of kept it under close watch. And if you go out there. Um, uh, they will cite you for trespassing on people's property. Wow. So, yeah, you got to be careful out there now. We should get That's a permit a or something, gents. You know what I'm saying? Well, Go see, knock on some doors, get some thought, permits. Yeah. We thought about going out there to shoot an episode and uh, talk and go talk to some of the residents out there and... Um, like the uh, Peace Church Cemetery episode, that's also in Joplin, and we had to get a hold of the police department to let them know that we were out there. Sure, and, uh, well, you, you got to do that. That's one thing that I tell uh, everybody. I've investigated a couple of cemeteries, but they have hours, and they are usually yes. privately owned. Even yes. if they're not privately owned, they're owned by the city. You can't just go out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, believe it or not, the uh, Peace Church one is actually owned by nobody. Huh. They, there's literally no owner. There's a uh, uh, a group of people that help take care of it, but there's actually no owner. The plot of land is uh, not part of any township. Why don't you purchase oh. it? I thought about that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Unfortunately, my show has not made enough money to where I could purchase a haunted building. <laughs> not yet. I could probably purchase a hamburger. Nice. Nice. The uh, hamburgers are good. Fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so what, what, else, uh, what else do you want to put out there? What do you want to pimp? What do you want to show off? Pimp and show off. Um, Maybe, I, I know that you don't want to give away much. Yeah. Where, where where are you going in this next season? Yeah, I mean, I can, since we've already filmed there, I, I'm, I'm fine with uh, releasing where we've been. Um, some of the places that we've been was the, uh, like I said, the uh, 1859 Jackson County Jail. Yeah. We did the Elms Hotel. Oh, uh, you were up here and you didn't call me. He's like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we also... We also did the Sally House. Um, nice. We were at, uh, there's a place, a house here in uh, Carthage, Missouri, that I had been dying to get into for a long time, and we finally got into into it, but uh, it was it was for sale at the time for $44,000, and this house wow. is awesome. Wow. Um, the one we just did this Saturday was the uh, Queen Anne Bed and Breakfast in um, Harrison, Arkansas. There's one more uh, or two more that I'm trying to think of. So what you're saying is you can't purchase the Sally house. You couldn't no. buy the $44,000 house. No, I couldn't. But you can't. You, you you definitely can't get the Sally house then. I saw that. That's like a million dollars. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's fucking. One of my, come on. <laughs> I do want to say this, though. The, uh, the second episode that we're going to be airing this coming season is going to be one of the most interesting as far as history goes. Because that has to deal with the Freemasons and the Shriners. Sweet, that's yeah. freaking awesome. We uh, we got to investigate the Shrine Mosque in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Oh, they have a they have a con there every year, right? Uh, they had the Ozarks Phenomicon there last year, and nice. uh, I don't I don't think they're going to be doing it again. But they'd still hold concerts and uh, fight uh, have fights out there and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was a it was a pretty interesting episode for a couple reasons. Damn, I, I can't wait. Um, going to be as awesome. Josh knows and the listeners know, I'm a member of a secret society. It's not so <laughs> fancy as the Masons or the Shriners. <laughs> and it's well, not Fight the Club. The Shriners are just part of the Masons, but I am a member of a secret society, just so you know. And so. that's all he can say the about Illum- it. That's it. That's all he'll give you. <laughs> No, no, I, I can tell you the name of it, but I won't right now. But I won't. Okay. <laughs> Is this? Are you in the Church of Scientology? Actually, no. I'm a, I am a. Tri- I am a member of the tribe of Mikasay. Like, oh, okay. It's a Boy Scout thing. <laughs> it's a Boy it Scout is. deal. God damn. Living life in the dangerous zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was. I was going to say something, but then I got off on my shit, and I don't remember. <laughs> well, this is. It's being recorded, you can edit it, right? I'm not we gonna. We usually don't edit it, so I mean, I think that that's an appeal to some people. No, I, I remember, and not giving too much of, I, I won't say the name of it. Uh, one of our premium content, our first premium content episode of the Ectoplasm Show yes. is going to be on one of those places, so we would like to interview you for that premium yes. content show. Okay. If you would be willing to I'd- do so. I think I know which show or which place that is. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you, I've investigated there twice. Nice. I can tell you that much. And the first time I've even, we've had experiences, a lot of experiences there the first time. The second time I can't really tell you because we filmed. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, I can I can speak about my first time there. That's awesome. So what you're saying is is we need to wait until after your episode drops to interview you about it. You don't have to. <laughs> but it would be I mean, it would be the episode... tactful thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that episode um I'm trying to think which number that is. That's one, two, three, episode four. So it'd be four weeks after May 22nd before it dropped. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> I, I'm excited to come on your show. I'm actually, and I, I, I heard you some months back on Phenomena Enema. And yeah. uh, Shane, you know, I was on that show quite a few times as well. And I have to say that almost everything and your beliefs in the paranormal and how you approach things align with mine. So I'm, I'm excited to meet you and have you at the conference and, and hopefully work with you in the future on many different things. Absolutely. The, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit before and uh, you know, we've been, we're trying to get together on, on something and you know, if we, uh, if we can get ever get the time to get together on something, you, you know, if we can film it, that'd be awesome. I have a feeling that we're going to be doing something very, very soon. I don't, I don't know. Me too. I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be fun, regardless. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, David, thank you so much for your time, brother. Um, it was freaking awesome. I cannot wait to like meet you face-to-face, hang out, maybe buy you a drink or anything like that. Get you all liquored up and get you back on the get you back oh, on the show. We do have a beer sponsor for yes. the conference now. A local brewery here <laughs> in Kansas City is going has agreed to drunk. sell their you know their product at our uh, conference. Yeah, but they have a, they have a paranormal themed beer, don't they, they? Well, well, they have a paranormal themed tap room and okay. a ke- and whatever they call their big kegs where they make the beer. One of them is called Mulder. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I sent out an email to a bunch of brewers here in town, and the, of course they responded right back because they were all about the paranormal stuff. And my my partner Hector, he didn't want to serve alcohol at the conference. And I'm like, my speakers want alcohol. Uh, yeah, you know, I, and the people coming want to have a good time and have a drink. And yeah, um, actually, he's uh, Hector is a, pol- a former police officer. His son is in the military, and yeah. we are sponsored by the city and the police chief will be there so we can handle anybody that drinks too much so we're yeah, having yeah. alcohol big rip brewery <laughs> will be selling their alcohol at the or their beer at the conference and they make some they make their own root beer and mix it with a special kind of vanilla vodka and they say it's awesome stoked huh. stoked oh uh, i just want to say i am still bringing a bottle of jaeger that's oh my god david I swear yes. to God, you and I are like <laughs> brothers from another mother. Like everything you've said tonight is just ridiculous. Your uh, your background in radio it's broadcasting, things like that. I'm like Jesus Christ. Even down to like your uh, your first experience and what really got you into the field. It's all it's all like lining up, and it's scaring the shit out of me. And now you say you're bringing Jaeger. I'm like that's perfect because I put that yeah. on my Cheerios in the morning. You know what I mean? So like this is going to work out. <laughs> I, I read your bio, so I, I just wanted to copy it word for word. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Jaeger is not in his bio. It might be in the, you know, the, no, it is sub, the sub parts. Well, <laughs> the it, sub parts. You know what? Also, you know, whenever you dropped your bat, um, <laughs> yeah. he said, we both know, said drumstick. drumstick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
is what I'm saying. You know, I'm guessing you're a drummer, aren't you? I'm a guitar player, but uh, I've, I've, my bandmate, uh, he, he'll drop a stick from time to time. <laughs> so you know the sound. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm a guitar player and drummer, so. This is my point. This is exactly, yeah, fuck it. I'm yeah. musically challenged. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. He, he's a Megadeth fan. That's good shit. A Megadeth was good, but I don't have their CD in Megadeth my or right now. Megadeth or Metallica? Oh, that's too tough, man. Is it? <laughs> I I like both. I mean, you're gonna really put me on the spot. I like the <laughs> of destruction. Symphony you have a of gun. Destruction is good. You have a gun with one bullet. Who do you oh. shoot? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, Let's honestly, play. You got to marry I, one, I like fuck Megadeth, one, and kill one. I, um, kill them. I can't remember the name of the album. They kill have a song. Kill well, them all. I, it might have been that. They have a song that's just purely instrumental. That's the kind of person I am, and I uh, I love that Metallica song. But if if you have to ask me what my favorite band of all time is, it's it's Tool. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, the drums in the better also. Oh my god! I, I, I've always been a drum person. I, yeah. I don't play the drums, but that's what I hear and focus on most of the time when I'm listening to music. It's like very, Absolutely. it's very tribal shit. I love he's it. He's a local. The drummer is a local boy in the sense that he was in Payola, which is only about 45 minutes south of Kansas City. I did not uh, realize that. Yeah, he um, he's from Payola, Kansas, and he. At least he says when he plays the drums, he sees numbers in his head, and it's all a mathematical equation to him. That now, would, that might be just, like, bullshit to everybody no. in awe of him, but... If you think about it, though, brains. Yeah. if you think about how they... I mean, we could do an entire fucking show just on Tool, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's very interesting the way that... Uh, the band and just even uh, Maynard James Keenan himself write music. It's it's yeah. very interesting because um, they definitely use a, a specific sequence, you know, of numbers. Well, a funny mm-hmm. story. I was playing a, a music video by them, and I can't remember the name of the song. It was one of their lesser known song on Ten Thousand Days, and it was the music video and my wife, and she was like this guy he's just full of himself and i'm like if there's anybody out there that's a musician that's like i you know just putting something together to impress people that's not yeah, this guy definitely yeah not. that's kanye this guy just, you know i there's some things i may not agree with him politically wise but he no especially the song we're listening to you there, there's story behind his music it's not yeah just music it's good shit it's good shit yeah like I said we could just talk for fucking days about about right. Tool <laughs> oh my god see that's the way I am with Metallica I'm a, I'm a Metallica I just say put that out there no, I, I, I do love Metallica and I you know I actually I don't know if this is a thing if people don't like this I really enjoyed their their two disc CD with the symphony yes oh S&M Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that shit was amazing. Yeah, I even, you know, I'll go as far as to say, you know, everybody gave him crap over Saint Anger, but honestly, oh. if you listen to them play those songs live, right, they're freaking heavy, man. Yeah, there was a there was a guy on YouTube who redid the entire Saint Anger album. 
the way it should have been done, the way it should have sounded. And he even sounded like James singing. But oh, if shit. you listen to if you actually listen to that, that those songs are a lot better. <laughs> oh wow. They just they just needed different tuning, I guess. That's freaking crazy. I'm gonna have to look that shit up. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And they got a new album coming. Yes. All right, <laughs> yeah. so we, we have to mention something, or mention some stuff at the end of the show here, like the oh, yeah. phone number, the phone number to call <laughs> oh, us. Oh, yeah, and, fuck me uh, here. Just if saying. you want to leave a message for David, or yeah. if you want to leave, you know, if you want to prank us and leave a crazy-ass message, remember, I will see your phone number, but no, if it's you want to leave a message, it's 913-730-7225, and you can text me. You don't even have to call me, because no, these days, they don't like to call on the phone, but you can text me. You fucked up. For, you fucked up. It's seven two five five. Ooh, look at you. Seven two two five. No, it's seven two five five. Oh shit! You well, fucked that's up. Wrong in my notes. You done fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna call I, it I right now. I'm gonna call it right now. He copied. He copied and pasted from an Asian site. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ectoplasm yeah, show at Gmail. Around. Uh, at Ectoplasm Show on Instagram and Twitter. I, I, you, you are you are wrong. Say it again. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no way. I'm calling it right now. Just a second. Ecto line. I'm putting it on speakerphone here. This sounds dirty. You guys hear that? <laughs> See if this works. Oh lord. <laughs> this is great. Some little random person is going to pick up. Oh we'll fuck! I hope. <laughs> Jason, why aren't you answering? <laughs> because I, I have it set on voicemail. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I have it uh, wrong on the website, which is odd. It's really weird because Shaggy called from the website? I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless. I'll I'll figure it out. I thought I had it right. <laughs> 913-730-7255 for the ectoplasm show for the uh the dirty dirty messages to Jason. Listen to Josh, don't listen to me. <laughs> Star 67 before the uh, Yes, before exactly. <laughs> okay, so I'm also the 100th episode. We are going to have one of our listeners on the show, at least one, maybe more. Yeah, we'll probably and I'm have giving more. I'm doing a giving a giveaway during time during the 100th episode. I will give out a email address and email address. And it'll be a single email I'm all I'm drunk. Are you drunk? <laughs> all right. A little bit. I love it. Anyway, so I love it. That, that email address, <laughs> if you email it and just say, I'm in or uh, I want to be a part of this or Let's do give this. this shit to me, that's fine. I will pick one of those people randomly with the random number generator to give them a full spectrum camera. Hell Ooh. yeah. That I modify myself. And um, and he does good work. Trust me on this. For my no, clients, no, no, no. So. He does really, really good work. So I can attest to that. That's for damn sure. He doesn't work on the cameras when he's been drinking. <laughs> no, I don't. I only drink for you, listeners out there, and and records. We yeah. on camera. 
That's right. I've been I've been told that uh, that my shows are better when I've been drinking. That's awesome. We did two we did two shows tonight. I had to have at least two beers each show. I've been over here just drinking the balls off this amaretto, man. Like I'm I'm half Sorry, sauced David, myself. I hope it's I'm fine. not too drunk for your interview. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I'm actually kind of wishing I had a beer now. <laughs> oh my god! Damn you and your wicked ways. <laughs> All right, so I, I, I can read this because I'm not that drunk. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, we need some more of them. Yes. For sure. Uh, you can listen to me, 7.30 p.m. Central on 98.1 KMBZ in the KC area. If you're not in the KC area, you can go to their website or they have an app, 98.1 KMBZ News. They have an app. Download it. You can listen to me. I do a paranormal segment, 7.30 to 8 p.m. on the Jonathan Weir Show every Friday. And it's sexy. Just throwing it out there. It is, it is a lot of fun because it's cool as shit. But he has a funny show. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. funny guy, and we talk about some funny stuff like ghost sex. Yeah. <laughs> Donk and the My ghosts. Up, do you hear that? <laughs> what if? What if you believe it's like a, a ghost pet? Right. Yeah. Does that get weird? Who likes to skippy peanut butter? <laughs> Come here, puppy. <laughs> oh, what are you shit. doing, ghost hunting? Right. Are you <laughs> yeah. Why are you naked? Oh, it's a new. Like it's it's one of my new methods. Leave me alone. <laughs> Getting back to nature. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Those thank you, uh, thank you very much, David, for uh, for joining us. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Like I said. Uh, Definitely stay on the line after I cut this shit, too, so I can uh, talk to you a little further. Um, okay. But, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Everybody, I hope you guys have a great freaking weekend, and we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Peace out. 